0: A number of you have been saying that you've been praying for me this week um, as I prepare for this message, and I'm so, so thankful to have you guys joining me on that, and I'm going to ask you, don't stop praying for me. <laughs> I got another 30 or so minutes here, and then you can just keep those prayers coming for me. So um, if you've got your booklet, go ahead and turn to the inside, the first cover there, and it's our, it's our Bible quote of the day, and it says, after this I looked And there before me was a great multitude that no one could count from every nation, every tribe, every people, and every language, standing before the throne and before the Lamb. And that's from Revelations 7-9. And we'll go ahead and leave it up there for a minute so the kids can copy that down. I'm very excited about this because this is actually the first lesson in what we're um, doing with the kids Um, in this Jesus Storybook Bible. And so I text messaged some of the parents. Uh, If you were here at the meeting last week, I told you guys to bring this book with you because we're actually going to be learning from this. And this is a book that we'll be using and rooted uh, probably the next couple of years. Um, We're just going to really, really dig in deep to what uh, God's showing us through this. And so, but uh, if you have it today, I'll let you follow along. Um, If you didn't, that's okay because I've got everything on the screen so you don't have to worry if you don't have it, so... Um, And we also have uh, this booklet. Now, this booklet is to help you and your kids stay engaged in the service. Um, I hope that they can write down some of the answers. You might need to help them a little bit. But this is not to be a distraction from the message. And so um, don't feel like you need to fill out all of the games and activities today. Um, I know sometimes that the kids are really trying to get it filled out very quickly because um, usually we give shekels at the end of the service, but this time we're going to give the shekels next week. And so that can uh, let you um, parents and kids work throughout the week together on this, do all the activities, bring it next week to rooted class or unlimited class, and then you'll be able to get your shekels. So all right, one thing, um, I'm the rooted teacher, so I'm always working with kids, and sometimes we have a lot of energy, and so we're going to start our class today by getting rid of some of that energy, and so um, we're going to have a little activity here, and here are the rules. I'm going to give you something to count, okay? When you count it, I want you to jump up, turn around, shout the answer, and then sit down quietly, okay? Okay? All right, this is especially for the kids, but if you adults want to jump and spin and do all that fun too, that's okay. So you're going to count what I tell you to count, jump up, spin around, say your answer, and then sit down quietly. Are you guys ready? All right, the first thing I want you to count, and it's very nearby you, it's very, how many feet are in your family? Your family, how many feet? Eight? Six? Six? <laughs> eight. Eight. Alright. Okay. Alright. Heard a lot of eights. There's a lot of eights in this. Yeah. Alright, the next thing. Are you ready? Seven? Seven? The <laughs> That'd be difficult. Alright. Next thing. Alright, in this room. There are a lot of flags. How many flags are on the wall? 28! 28. Oh. 28, 28. 28. You're fast over there. 30. Okay. <laughs> All right. All right, very good. Now, the next one is going to be a picture on the screen. And the next one, I want you to count in this picture how many stars are in the sky. How many stars are in the sky? Can anybody count that? 3,000? I don't know. I didn't try to count them. It was way too many for me. Okay. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot of stars in that picture, and it's kind of a silly question for me to ask you that, right? That's, that's a lot of stars. But we actually, in our Bible, we had God asking somebody the same question, but he was talking about all the stars in, in the whole sky, in the whole universe. And so it seems like kind of a silly question, but our God's not a silly God, He does everything for a purpose. And so he had a reason. And, uh, but first of all, who, who was the guy that, maybe an unlimited student, can tell me who was it that, that God was talking to there? Yeah? Abraham, right. Our story is about Abraham. Now sometimes, we live in the big city here in, in South Korea, and sometimes I go outside and I can count the stars. I see like, wow, there's like five or six stars, right? <laughs> and it's like... So sometimes when I teach this to the kids, I'm like, uh, this doesn't make sense, right? But I think God actually knew that some of us would have so much light around us that we wouldn't be able to see. Now, the stars are still there, but he knew that we'd be seeing that in, uh, here in the city. And so he, he went on, God went on and said, count the sand on the seashore. And, um, and, and to, to make that illustration, now in Korea, we have a lot of beaches, we have a lot of seashores, and that is a lot of sand right? So I can't imagine how many stars are out there if it matches how much sand. That's a lot. So um, we're going to watch a video about Abraham. If you have your Jesus Storybook Bible, you're going to turn to the story called Son of Laughter, and that's on page 56. It's that picture you saw with Abraham. And then we're going to watch a video. The video reads through the book for us. So uh, you can read along or you can just watch and listen. So watch the video. All right. Okay, so that was the story of Abraham, and uh, yeah, so that's what we're going to talk about today. So in your booklet, um, I'm just going to go right into the first point, and that first point is that God promised to bless Abraham. He made a promise to Abraham that he would bless him. Now, <clears throat> this word promise is when God makes a promise, it's very different than when we make a promise, right? So <clears throat> about 10 years ago, I, I didn't make a promise to my mom, but I did tell my mom that I was coming to Korea for one or two years. And after one or two years, my mom says, Hey, are you, uh, are you coming back now? And I'm like, uh, Maybe another year or two. And another year or two passes. My mom says, Are you coming back now? And I said, oh, Mom, I'm really sorry. I'm gonna God's been telling me to stay in Korea. I, I think that's where I need to be. And so th- this was 10 years ago. So I've uh, really broken that word to my mom. But, but uh, when God made this promise to Abraham, he had no intentions of breaking it. He knew he would follow through and because um, God never breaks his promises, right? And so um, these verses in Genesis 12 Uh, Genesis 12, 2 says, I will make you into a great nation. I will bless you, and I will make your name great. Okay, so God tells Abraham he's going to make his family into a nation. Okay, I I have a lot of nieces and nephews, but I, I don't think there's any hope for us to become a nation, but God promised to make Abraham into a nation. He says, I will bless you, and I will make your name great, or he will make Abraham very, very important. Um, he goes on in verse uh, 3, he says, I will bless those who bless you. I will put a curse on anyone who curses you. <clears throat> Excuse me. And, um, and so we, we hear about this blessing that is promised to Abraham, he, uh, we know that Abraham had a lot of land. We know that Abraham had a lot of kids. We know that he had lots of grandkids and great-grandkids. Um, we do know, I mean, we have the nation of Israel today. This is, this is uh, from the line of Abraham. That's where I came from. We know that Abraham lived a long life and that he had lots of herds and flocks. He had lots of animals, right? And so, um, he had such a big family that he he was managing the family with his nephew lot and the bible tells us that the family had to split because the land could not support all of the family all of the animals all of the workers in that family so they split and so um and god repeats this promise so many times in genesis 18 he repeats it uh in genesis 22 he repeats it either directly to or about abraham in Genesis twenty six three, God repeats the promise to Abraham's son Isaac, and in Genesis twenty eight uh, fourteen, He re- repeats the promise to Abraham's grandson Jacob. And so, God is showing us that this promise is going to come and go down the line. And so, um, and on our next point is that we are descendants of this promise. So God promises this thing to Abraham, well, I'm going to bless you, I'm going to make your name great, you're going to be important, you're going to be wealthy, <clears throat> and, uh, and we are promised that we are going to be descendants of, uh, of the original promise to Abraham. So. In Galatians 3.29, it says, you belong to Christ. And so that's those of us who have made God or made Jesus our Savior, and we have made him the leader of our lives, then we belong to Christ. He says, you belong to Christ in Galatians 3.29, so you are Abraham's descendants. And so um, Jesus brings us into that family of Abraham. So there's a little activity here. This is uh, the closest clip art I could find that looked like me when I'm wearing my glasses. <laughs> and so I want you to draw, if you're kids, I want you to draw a picture of you and show yourself being adopted into that family of Abraham because through Jesus, we are adopted into that family. The next line in Galatians says, you get all of God's blessings because of the promise that God made to Abraham. Okay, so, so not only are we part of Abraham's family, Abraham gets all these blessings, but we are brought into that, right? And sometimes it's a little dangerous is that we take those verses and pick out the parts that, that tell us we're gonna be blessed and then we stop there, right? That's a really dangerous place to be um, because uh, in Matthew 5.45, it says, he causes the sun to rise on the evil and the good. He sends rain on the righteous and the unrighteous. And so our thought could be, if we, if we believe this prosperity gospel that says, I'm, I'm blessed, Abraham was blessed, and so I'm gonna have this. I'm gonna have uh, the financial blessings that Abraham had. I'm gonna have, I don't have any herds and flocks, but uh, that's how they had lots of food and lots of money back in that day. And if I believe that that's, that's what God intends for me and I stop there, then I, I miss out on half of this blessing, Okay. Um, one thing I think uh, God was really f- focusing on with Abraham is that he knew that Abraham wasn't going to keep these blessings for himself. He knew that Abraham was going to take those blessings and spread them out to the rest of the earth. Um, an- another blessing that we uh, can see in Abraham's life is that he lives for eternity, right? And so when we're brought into that family through Jesus, Jesus takes us into eternity with him. And um, a, a lot of these blessings that we see, uh, you know, the livestock, the, gold, the Bible says he's blessed with gold and silver. The Bible says he was blessed with every, uh, blessed in any way you can imagine. And if we stop there, we're, we're looking at all the temporary blessings. We teach our kids that you live to me maybe 80 or 100 years. And so if we focus on what those blessings are here on earth, we miss out on what eternity's got in store for us and so the livestock the silver the gold the fam the the big family the great name all of these things that are promised to abraham and to us um that's all temporary but this this promise of eternity that uh is eternal (laughs) so um what i believe uh that god knew about abraham is that abraham wasn't going to keep those blessings for himself I believe that God knew that Abraham was going to be a vehicle to spread those uh, blessings throughout the whole earth. So our next point, we are to be a blessing to all nations. So I believe that God knew not only that Abraham was a righteous man, but that Abraham was going to deliver all those blessings to the rest of the earth, okay? And the reason I know, because the verses I read from Galatians 12 a little earlier, I kind of picked out some pieces, okay? And so I'm going to read the full context here. Uh, Genesis 12, verses 1 to 3. The Lord said to Abraham, Go from your country, your people, and your father's family, go to the land I will show you. This is God's call to Abraham. Uh, to, to go where he's going to start his new nation. I will make you into a great nation. I will bless you, and I will make your name great. This is what we read before, right? But here's the part we left out. You will be a blessing to others, okay? God knew that that blessing was going to come through Abraham, and that Abraham was going to bless the earth with what God had given him. And so everything, um, the the temporal, blessings as well as the eternal blessings he knew that that god was going to deliver that through him the next verse says i will bless those who bless you i will put a curse on anyone who curses you and this when we're christians we're like yeah god's on our side he's gonna he's gonna bless anybody who even blesses us that's how much he loves us right and anybody who curses us because we're in that family of abraham he's gonna curse them and um if we take that mindset it's a very very dangerous place to be Because the next line says, all nations on earth will be blessed because of you. Okay, all nations will be blessed because of you. And again, those verses that I gave you before in Genesis 18, all nations on earth will be blessed because of him, because of Abraham. Genesis 22, through your offspring, which is us, we are his offspring, we are adopted in, we are his offspring. Through your offspring, all nations on earth will be blessed. Again, to his son, Isaac, through your offspring, all nations will be blessed. So we see God bringing that down, his lineage. He's continuing it. And then to his grandson, Jacob, in Genesis 28, all peoples on earth will be blessed because of you and your offspring, okay? And so God is bringing that down, his, the lineage of Abraham. And we know that here in 2018, we are a part of that. We are his descendants. And, and we're here to bless. Now, when we... Um, when we think about the all-nations being blessed, um, there are actually some nations that have, you, you think 2,000 years after Jesus lived and died, that the whole world would know, would know who Jesus is, right? And, um, and so it's, it's been a very, very slow process. In fact, I found a statistic that there are 6,000 uh, 6, unreached people groups in the world, okay? That means six thousand uh tribes uh maybe tribes in the amazon or villages in the himalayas or villages in africa there are six thousand people groups and i think i when i look i'm like there's only 200 in some countries in the world how are we getting six thousand that are unreached completely and we have to think about the way god defines families and nations see we define it by you know Uh, South Korea or China or America or Japan, but that's not how God sees it. Um, I think of my South African friends. I meet them, I talk to them, and we speak English. I'm like, ah, English is the language of South Africa, and then as I'm talking, I'm like, "I I learned that, no, 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 Afrikaans is the language of South Africa, and then I talk and so I, I, I thought that this was the language, right? And then I talked to another one of my friends, and they're like, no, 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 my language is Zulu. I'm like, wait, 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 you're from South Africa, and they're from South, how are we doing this, right? And, um, and so as I kind of dig in, I realized that there are 11 languages inside of South Africa. And so if we think about South Africa as one nation, then, and, and we just need to reach that one nation, then there's only 200 countries in the world. It's no problem, right? That's not how God's defining it, right? If I reach one person in South Africa and call that reached, we are really, really uh, leaving out a huge population if they're not speaking the language that we go in at. So um, I learned, uh, like I said, I learned 6,000 of these people groups, these languages, these tribes, some of them are just a few hundred people, some of them are thousands, um, are, are unreached. This means when you walk in and you tell them, uh, and ask them if they know Jesus, they, they have to think, like, is that my village or the next village? Right? They, don't, they have no concept that this is the, the creator of the earth and the leader of our lives. They just think it's somebody else in their village. And so um, it, it's a little daunting to me when I think about 6,000 people groups, 6,000 tribes or villages that have never, ever, ever heard the name of Jesus. And... Um, but in that same, t- same statistic, I see that 25 years ago, that number was 12,000, okay? So I'm a little older than 25, uh, but, and so in my lifetime, we have gone from 12,000 unreached people groups to 6,000 people groups, okay? And so we've reduced it in half. And so what's taken 2,000 years to get, we are really dramatically moving forward in a way that's really, really encouraging to me, very inspiring to me, because by my calculation, I think I have a little more than 25 years left, and if we've reached half of them in the past 25 years, I think, wow, we might actually reach all of them in our lifetime, right? It's, it's actually possible that we can reach the entire world, every language of the world in our lifetime, and for me, that gives such a purpose to my life. I mean, when I think that this promise of Abraham could actually be fulfilled in our lifetime, man, that gives me a purpose, right? If the whole, if all the Christians of the world came together and said, okay, let's not worry about our career. Let's not worry about our, our retirement and our savings account. Let's not, let's focus on these 6,000 uh, villages and let's, let's just focus our lives on them. Wow, what an impact we can have on this uh, promise of Abraham and the promise that we're pulled into. Um, our last point Jesus will be preached in the whole world, okay? This verse in Revelation 7 9, ap- it's the one I read before. After this, I looked, and there before me was a great multitude that no one could count from every nation. And here's where God gets in, and he really tells us what a nation is every nation, every tribe, Every people and every language standing before the throne and before the land. So when I think of this village way up in the mountains or deep in the Amazon that there's only a couple hundred people speaking this one language, before the end of time, they, th- this, is a, this is a prophecy of heaven, and um, bef- before that time, somebody's got to tell those people so that they can have a representative in heaven. That's what this verse tells us, Okay. And then uh, there's this amazing prophecy in Matthew twenty four, fourteen. This is a, a a prophecy of Jesus. Okay, um, I, it's a pretty powerful prophet, and um, I think we can believe what he says. And uh, he said in Matthew twenty four fourteen, and this gospel of the kingdom will be preached in the whole world to all nations, all tribes, as a testimony to all nations, and then the end will come. And so we see from these two verses that before the before the end of the earth before the end times before any of that can happen this has to reach the entire world now i am not going to even attempt to prophesy in times the bible warns us against that but when i see these statistics of how fast the gospel is moving We've gone from 12,000 people groups to 6,000. And in my lifetime, I think, wow, we could see every single one of these uh, be reached, um, see every uh, language have a Bible in their own name, every language have a church in their, in their own language, and, and everyone have Christians represented in heaven. It just makes me uh, just really, really sense a deep uh, purpose in my life. And so um, you've heard me talk many, many times Uh, especially with the kids and parents, that we need to make Jesus not only the savior of our life, but the leader of our life. And uh, what really uh, makes me, it it just bothers me when um, there are these 6,000 people groups that have no choice to follow Jesus. They have absolutely no choice. And so here in Korea, I've, I've been in a church all my life, um, <clears throat> from the U.S. I grew up in a church. I was surrounded by a loving Christian family. I was, went to a Christian university. All my friends were Christian. And uh, I come to Korea. I immediately get involved in a church. I surround myself by really, really solid uh, Christian friends and family here. But there are so many people in the world. So, I, if, if, if I were to turn away from God right now, it would be my choice, right? Like I have the option to follow Jesus or to not follow Jesus. And anybody in this church and most of the people in this country, um, we have that choice. And not everybody chooses to follow, uh, but we do have a choice. We've been given that choice and I can choose that I want to follow Jesus or I can choose that no, I want to follow my own desires and what I want to call right and wrong. But there are so many people in the world that just just don't have the choice, and they've never heard the name of Jesus. And how can they, how can they make Jesus their leader? And how can they know that Jesus is their savior if there's nobody to tell them? And so this has really, really been uh, deep, deep on my heart. And so um, I'm going to show you uh, three ways that we can really, really intensely work. Um, that everybody in this church can be working together and reaching the unreached and the first one actually it's not not on the it's not going to be on the screen is to pray right um i would i would encourage you there's a there's a website called the joshua project and they list out every single people group every language in the world it tells how many of them there are and, and what country they're living in, you can actually search South Korea and you can figure out what people groups are in our country right here and that um, we can have some impact on, right? And so um, I hope that uh, it, it's a great place to pray. So I didn't put prayer on our list because I, I'm hoping that in this group right here that that is an unspoken, that, that, um, that we're all praying no matter which uh, way that we help expand this kingdom to the unreached. So the first one I'm um, listing here is called welcoming, okay? And so we went to uh, one of these unreached nations last year. A team for our church went, and um, we went to encourage some of our friends there, some of the people working in this country. And while we were there, we were not really allowed to speak the gospel. We're not allowed to come and say, hey, do you want to follow Jesus and, and and get them to convert to Christianity? It wasn't allowed, okay? And in many of these countries, they are hostile to the word, and so it's, it's a sometimes dangerous place to go into, um, or, or we're at least going to experience some resistance, or maybe just not even be allowed um, as a as a christian to come in but these people are coming into our country so when we were on the plane back from this uh trip i noticed i i expected to see a lot of korean people coming back from you know a a vacation or something i don't know what i expected but i looked and there were all these people from that country that i wasn't allowed to teach them about jesus i wasn't allowed to convert them they were on the plane coming into korea and I suddenly realized that all these people are coming in where, you know, an hour before when we were sitting in the airport terminal, I couldn't tell them about Jesus. We get on the plane and we're in the air. They come and they live here, right? A lot of these guys were men coming to work and to, uh, to, to make some money to send back and to support their family. So they are living right here in this country, working in some of the factories here and, and other jobs. And so we can welcome them. We can make them feel uh, and and let them see the love of Jesus. We can introduce them to Jesus. We can invite them into our homes. And this is one I think the kids can really, really get involved in. Because many of you guys go to international school. And in your school, there might be uh, other friends and other kids that are not from a reach nation. They might be from one of these countries that we can't go and send missionaries to very easily, but then you have an opportunity with your kids that you can welcome them, right? And so kids, I want to encourage you. Can, I, can you raise your hand if you're a kid? Can you raise your hand if you're in elementary school or middle school or maybe even high school? You guys have access to some of these people groups that you can invite a friend From any one of these countries okay this is a great opportunity you have um make them feel at home make them feel like they have a friend invite them over to play and then as they do they're gonna see that love of jesus so that's the first one welcoming the next one is sending okay we consider ourselves a sending church like if you've been here for a while you notice we have people come and we have people go all the time and it's something like sometimes it's like people are leaving and it's very difficult but if we view that as sending into these home countries and, and that we're all sent back to, um, to be a missionary, then it's such a different dynamic and we can focus on what God has for us. I remember I went back uh, to my country. I went back to the U.S. Uh, about five years ago for about a year. I went back and the pastor, he prayed over me and he commissioned me as a missionary into uh, the United States. And when I got there, I was actually working with a lot of students from Saudi Arabia. I had that opportunity that was put in front of me. And um, I, unfortunately, I didn't see myself as a missionary, um, I, but I, I had been commissioned to go, and I want to encourage you, if you go to your own country, um, no matter what it is, the U.S., they have a lot of Christians there. They have a lot of opportunities, but we have a lot of people in our church that are going back to countries where there's not a church, and there's not a support system. And so as we send them, I think it's good to stay in touch with them, uh, keep you know, encouraging them, because we are the church, potentially, to some of these people that are going into some of these other nations. And um, the last one, we, when we think about um, missions and we think about missionaries, uh, the last one on our list is to, um, is to go. Go. And so we have welcoming people into our country, we have sending people to another country, and we are sometimes the one that are sent to another country. And um, at different times, I felt God talking to me in different ways, and um, uh, about a year ago, when we we took this trip that I told you, um, actually uh, about a month before, I felt God talking to my wife and I, and... um, Just that possibly our time in Korea might be coming. uh, Yeah, that our time in Korea might be coming to an end. Um, So we were praying about this. And we were looking, um, the natural thing for me to do was look in the US. And I knew my life was drastically changed. Um, I've worked for this church. Uh, you've had me on staff for three years now. And um, man, I've just grown so much through the kids ministry and, um, and just being surrounded by the pastors and the staff uh, of the church. And I am just such a different person. So when I go back, I'm like, I don't want to look for a secular job. And so I was looking for a ministry job or some sort of nonprofit uh, that's making a difference in the world, like I feel like I've um, had the opportunity to do here at the Nations. Um, but as we were getting ready for this trip, um, God was talking to me and to my wife, and um, when we were on this trip, God was like, I, I just kind of felt this, like, this urging, like, this is where I might end up. And and, um, and so when we got back, I was talking with my wife, and, and uh, I went from this like ah oh, i don't know if we can do that to like ah, oh, it might be might be okay and and god was just taking us step by step um to where he he's so clearly told us that that that's where he's sending us and um so of these this welcome send or go uh my wife and i will be going and um i just really love for you guys to be praying for us and and um just just join along with us on that so um, we're gonna be taking a trip here again in a couple of weeks and what was this trip was intended to be a vision trip where we go and we see what God has in store for us and we just like listen and, and see his clarity and um, as we started you know booking our tickets and talking about the the, the trip we have planned we um, There was a point where my wife and I looked at each other and it's like, "Um, Is this really, do we need to see the vision or have we already seen it? And we had just, we just agreed that God had already told us and he had been confirming it over and over that this is um, where he wants us. And so we're still taking the trip, but it's no longer a vision trip. It's no longer to see what God has in store for us. It is, um, it is, just seeing what life is going to be like, and trying to meet new coworkers and and things like that. And so, I just I really wanted to um, share my heart with you guys. Um, this message that um, about Abraham is just I, I you know I told you it it was very deep in my heart, and it's for a reason because this message um, has just been working on me over the past year, and to where um, it's just it's changed everything about what we've got in store for us so